to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It!, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workouts. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, we would like to encourage you to join us on Patreon. Uh, we, uh, Patreon, if you aren't familiar, is a way to uh, become part of the community of the show using your dollars, uh, and it helps us do cool stuff like a thing we just did, which is I just hit purchase on a light that we're going to use to do some video stuff. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I feel it's very fancy, even though uh, it's probably not actually all that fancy, but it's fancy for us. It has a thing where it like has the light and then it has a thing that will like hold your phone in the middle of the light so that, because we don't have a camera person. I'm so excited to use this. <laughs> and I'm very I hope excited you too. listeners are excited too, as yes. you see us and and all of our podcasting glory with our glowing skin because of this light. (laughs) Uh, And the light in our lives include our patrons, such as Andy, Jan, Lola, Dave, Mike, Jason, Ethan, Libby, Maddie, Patricia, Sarah, and Ben. Um, Thank you all so much. Uh, You truly light up our lives uh, and help us take the show in new and exciting directions. Yeah, and then for those of you who are not patrons... That's okay, but if you want a verbal shout-out from Joanna... That's right. Because I, mean, I know all of you patrons who we just listed, you guys are, like, feeling super happy right now. You're get, that, you got that warm glow? You got that warm glow. You got that warm glow from maybe that pretend halo light. Um, but, yeah, you know, I just recently became a patron for a company, and um, my really good friend who's a business coach, and he just launched his business company and his blog or his business coaching company and his blog and and he's so talented and and I do I think like $50 a month so yeah it's like that's just what you do you know when you support someone (laughs) and listen you you can give us $1 a month and we'd be very happy or 50 (laughs) whatever works for you (laughs) um you can do it at either at patreon.com slash just one more podcast or you can go to just one more podcast.com and click become a patron um cool so, today, we are going to talk about push-ups. They are very hard, and yet, people like Daphne keep telling us to do them. <laughs> so, I thought we would talk about what they are, why we keep having to do them, why they stay so difficult. Oh, uh, the push-up. And Yeah, so, what's your relationship with push-ups, Daphne? Well, in my mind, push-ups for me personally are one of the hardest moves that's not I'd just rather, in your mind. Yeah, this is real. Life. It's in my body. <laughs> Anyone can lie down on a bench on your back and take some dumbbells and just chest press them into the air a whole bunch of times. Generally, people love that. I love that. I'll tell you why I love that. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's I get to the core of it. Also, love things that are you easier. Know, it's like um, obviously, and people may argue in the sense that uh, people may say, "Well, if you're bench pressing, you can increase the weight." Um, fact of the matter is, and I'll explain why, when you are doing a dumbbell or bar press where you're lying down on your back on a bench, it's just a little bit different than doing a push-up, and I'll explain why. Um, But I don't judge. I mean, I still like to do bench press, and I still like to do dumbbell chest presses, but... um, I'll be honest. I've never bench pressed anywhere near what my body weighs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I haven't either. I'm aware that people do that, but I have never done that. Yeah, yeah. So push-ups. What are push-ups? 
Push-ups are an exercise in which you hold your body weight up on your hands and your feet with the option of dropping down to your knees and you lower with your arms your chest to the ground and then you push your body back up. Oh, is that where the name, <laughs> that where the name comes from? Is that you're pushing yeah. up? Yeah, how did you know? I'm very intuitive. Yeah, so the great thing about the push-up move is, um, well... It's great in so many ways, and I'm going to start with a little bit of the anatomy of what we're doing when we do a push-up. Yeah, what muscle groups are we working? So push-ups are a compound exercise, and what that means is it involves, push-ups involve the use of way more muscles than just one muscle group and one joint. So to do push-ups, your arms, your shoulders, your chest, your back, your abs, and even your legs, and all the joints that move when those muscles move need to activate in order to complete the movement. So we always talk about push-ups as being a chest exercise. And while your chest muscle or your pec major or your pectoralis major or just your pec is the main mover, your triceps... Um, which are the muscles on the backs of your upper arms, your deltoids or your shoulder muscles um, are also synergistically working at the same time. So um, in addition to that, your abs are engaged. So your rectus abdominis and your transverse abdominis, uh, abdominis, your obliques or um, the front wall of your stomach, your waistline muscles and the ab muscle that wraps around your spine like a weight belt. They are all completely engaged and If you are on your feet, if your knees are not on the ground, if you are on your feet, your quads or the front of your thighs are in a completely locked out position, meaning we are engaging your quads as well. Um, In addition to all the muscles along your spine that are working to stabilize your body throughout the movement. So kind of in summary, you get a lot of bang for your buck doing a push-up, and then when we just do it chest press we're just working our chest and tries right yeah I had no idea so many different muscles were engaged when you do a push-up and that helps me understand a little bit more why it's so tiring and why my heart rate goes up so high when I do them yeah it's because like a lot of me is working yeah I even think that when I'm just holding a plank yeah I always wonder why it's so hard and why um, my heart rate goes up even when I'm like breathing hard when I'm trying to hold a plank for a minute and it's because when you are in that position, essentially it's called prone position. It's just when you're face down. When you're in that position, every muscle group is working to hold yourself up. When you're like face down and in a plank or in a push-up plank, you are literally activating multiple joints, multiple muscle groups, um, and you are working so many parts of your body that you don't work when you just lie down on a bench and do dumbbell chest presses or... Um, a bar bench press. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love those as well, but I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit easier. Push-ups are a functional move. Yeah. What do what do functional... push-ups have to do with like stuff we do in day-to-day so life? So a functional move is a functional exercise is an exercise that mimics something we have to do and potentially do in day-to-day life. So two of the main functional movements are squats and push-ups. So squats are a functional move because we have to stand and sit in day-to-day life and Um, push-ups are a functional move because if we are down on our fronts, we have to get up. Right. Yeah. Like we have to get up. Anytime you get off the ground. Yeah. Like you have to push your body up and um, we need to have that strength. We need to be able to do that because when we have strong muscles that allow us to push our bodies up off of the ground, 
in day-to-day life, we just function more optimally. We don't want to have fallen and not be able to get up. Exactly. And I would guess it's also the stuff we're using when we, like, push stuff all the time. Like, yeah. we push open a do- one of those doors that have, like, the bar that you have to push. Mm-hmm. or like Yeah, if you're moving something, you need to push a box, like, across the floor. If your car is stuck push. in yeah. a snowbank and you yeah. have to push out the car. Anything with the push motion forward is your, is activating your chest muscles and... Um, so when you do push-ups, it absolutely mimics so many things that you would do in day-to-day life. So I think we, we, that's like two good reasons why it's really important to do push-ups, even though I hate them, which is one, you get a lot of bang for your buck. It uses a lot of your muscles. Um, and two, um, it's a functional move. So it prepares us for things we do in day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, it sounds like another reason it might be important to do them is you were talking about like the stabilizing muscles that get engaged. And I know that one of the things that we talk about in terms of like why we exercise, um, improving our stability and our balance, um, is one of those things. And it sounds like push-ups would be a good way to do that. Yeah, definitely. When you're in a push-up, you're in a plank. Mm -hmm. Even if you're on your knees, you're, you're still in a plank from your knees then to your shoulders. And then if you pop up onto your feet, you're in a more challenging plank where you're in a, in a plank from all the way from your ankles to your shoulders. So by engaging those muscles, the many muscle groups I listed from the shoulders, the triceps, the abs, the um, erector spinae, or which is the, the lower back muscle surrounding your spine, the quads, the glutes, um, by activating all of those muscles, we're recruiting those muscle fibers. And these muscle fibers we need to use in day-to-day life. So really a push-up is activating and strengthening more than just your chest. Push-ups are life. The rest is just details. Push-ups for life. <laughs> um, so uh, what is the correct form for doing a push-up? There are multiple ways we can do push-ups. We can do push-ups with our hands wide, and we can do them with our hands narrow. We can also do them with one hand doing a narrow push-up and one hand doing a wide push-up. We can do them with our hands on medicine balls. We can do them with dumbbells. Here is the whoa, proper whoa, 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 push-up whoa. form. So I'm just going to break it down to just with a normal push-up in terms yeah. of in terms of um, no equipment. So when you're doing a push-up that's predominantly focused on your chest, you want your arms wide. The arms should be wider and not directly underneath your shoulders, but a little bit wider than shoulder width apart. And when you lower yourself down to the ground, you want your elbows to hit a 90 degree angle. Aha. Mm-hmm. And so if they, if your hands are too narrow, but you're still trying to do this, notice the bend becomes like 45. And then if your arms are too wide, then your bend becomes 60, 60 degrees. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this while sitting in a chair, but I can already tell that if my arms are too wide, my face would have smashed on the ground. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it just would not go well. So it's, it's a simple move. And that's to activate a little bit more of your pectoralis major. So to get the push-up a little bit more targeted in the front of your chest or your, your chest. What's you happening with the, with the rest of my body while I'm so doing this? The rest of your body is, is activated in the sense that your shoulders should be locked down and back away from your ears. You should not be tucking your chin. So you shouldn't be looking down um, at your belly button. You should just be looking at the floor right in front of you. Your belly button is pulled in towards your spine. And you're, so that means your core is engaged and you should be squeezing your butt and then locking out your thighs. Um, how close to each other are my feet? So that, that depends. Yeah. If your feet are a little bit wider, then that makes it easier. If you want to put your feet together, that makes it harder. You could do one-legged push-ups. You can do a push-up where you lift one leg in the air. You can do a spider push-up where you do 
one knee to your elbow while you're doing the push-up. To, um, to be clear, I actually can do none of these, uh, but I yet, could, yet. theoretically. Yeah, so I guess I can talk more about variations later, but then the other push-up is the tricep push-up, or in the yoga world, people call it the chaturanga push-up. I call them a tricep push-up. This is the push-up where everything stays exactly the same, except now your hands are narrow, so your hands go directly underneath your shoulders, and instead of your elbows going out to the walls on either side of you, your elbows actually, what I like to say is let your elbows kiss your rib cage. Yeah, they like hug in closer mm-hmm. to your body. You'll feel this still in your chest, but you'll feel, I, I find this to be a harder push-up. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, a lot of people don't, but for me, well, I part do. Part of that is probably just it's like, it's what you practice. Yeah. Um, and so if, like, you're in the gym all the time doing push-ups, so it makes sense that, like, traditional push-ups feel more natural to you. Whereas but if for people yoga are, like, people, in yoga all, yeah. the, all the time. So anytime I teach a class, and I I always have to cue people which push-up we're doing, because some people will naturally go into a tricep push-up if, and I say I want people, uh, so mm-hmm. just from a technical standpoint, a traditional push-up, if any instructor just says do a push-up, they mean the one where your elbows go out to the sides. Not into your rib cage, but out to the sides. And um, if they do want you to do a tricep push-up, they should specify. That being said, I've learned that when I'm teaching classes, I have to be very specific about it because uh, a lot of people will naturally go into the yoga chaturanga push-up where the elbows kiss the rib cage or go into the rib cage when that's not necessarily what I want, where when I want like a big push-up. So in classes, I'll, I'll do both at different points in time in the workout. Another thing, too, interestingly enough, I notice a lot of guys, they always do the same thing. They always do the tricep push-up, but they go really fast, and they don't fully lock out their arms at huh. the top. So that's another thing I'll talk about when it comes to perfect form is full range of motion. You're not doing yourself any good by staying low in the push-up and just kind of pulsing up and down. And you're, you're, Also, you look funny. Yeah, and your, your <laughs> elbows, like, never lock out straight. You need the full extension. You need the full lockout, or else you're not recruiting every muscle fiber and you're not working the muscles and the, the joints in their fullest expression or their fullest range of motion. So you're saying when I push up, I should push all the way up so that my elbows lock. Lock. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Interesting. When you're doing push-ups, you should be feeling this predominantly in your chest, and in your back and in your triceps, not in your shoulders, and in your abs. If you feel this in your shoulders, you're doing it wrong. If you feel it in your shoulders, and what's happened is your shoulders are not locked down and back away from your ears. And if you feel this in your shoulders, it means that your arms are too far out in front of you. You need mm. to get your arms back a little bit more. A good way I like to cue push ups is I like to have people do a negative push up where you start completely on the ground. I like this yeah. so far. You start completely on the ground, and then maintaining your plank on your knees first. Just push your body up until you're in a plank position from your knees to your shoulders, but with no inchworm. So no, like, kind of, like, caterpillar. Yeah, no, like, no like roll. Yeah, no, no wave. Back. It's just your body's aboard, and you just go up and then down. And then get so far down that you lift your hands up because you're flat on the ground, and then push your body up and down. Yes, this disengages the core. There's no more plank, really. Um, actually, no, that's that's a lie. There's a plank at the top, but when you are in your full rested position on the bottom, your core is disengaged there. But I have found that for me personally, when I am cueing people on how to do a perfect push-up, this is how they start to feel it in the right places. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the legs thing. So um, these often get called girl push-ups, 
which I think is lame. Um, but uh, you've already talked about modifying push-ups by doing the plank like basically from your knees instead of from your feet. Mm -hmm. um, why? What does this modification do to make it easier or different? Yeah. So and and yeah, I know totally. I don't know why these these somehow got the term like girl push-ups. I I do call them a modified push-up. I know some instructors don't even like to call them a modified push-up. They just say it's a push-up on your knees, but mm -hmm. like it's actually a modified push-up. So I don't think but modifying things is yeah. Fine. I don't think people should feel any shame with having to do a push-up on their knees. Um, I That's for what one, I do. yeah, I just took a class. And I had to drop down to my knees. Like, yeah. that's, I was fully fatigued by that point. Like, so it's fine. Like, it's fine. There's literally no shame in it. I would l honestly rather have you do perfect push-ups on your knees versus doing crappy push-ups on your feet where you're just not even doing anything. Yeah. At what that point it, in time, it's just a plank. Does it change your center of gravity? Like, yeah, what so is the, it? here's the reason why it's easier. When you put your, um, or why it's a modified version, what it does is, um, it, it disperses the body weight so that when you are on your hands and your feet and you're not in a modified position, it's all your body weight on your toes and on your hands. Lo and behold, then you drop your knees down, your feet are on the ground, your shins are on the ground, your knees are on the ground. Now all the weight is going into the ground through your thighs. There's not as much weight being held up by your upper body. So that that's why, yeah, so that's why it's a modified version. So in the world of exercise, to modify is to make it slightly easier and to pr pr progress is to make it a little bit harder. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to keep rocking out my modified push-ups. Oh yeah, and then another thing too, which I see a ton, is the hips either sagging low when you're doing push-ups or the hips piking up. You, If you're doing a regular push-up in your plank position, it's called a plank for a reason. The hips neither sag nor um, should they pike and you should never arch your back downward so that you're dropping your stomach to the ground and you never want your elbows to be out too wide too because that's um, that's just bad form it just feels uncomfortable yeah. and then also keeping your neck in a straight line don't tuck your chin and then don't necessarily look up too yeah a good thing to do with this I think is to use a mirror um, and especially to like go sideways so that if you turn your head to the left you can see the line of your body mm -hmm. because I think it's really hard to feel if your hips are in line with the rest of your body if yeah. you aren't used to doing that. Yeah. Um, it's good to have so the, the visual just, confirmation. Yeah, I always say, you know, pretend like I punched you in the stomach and that's <sighs> what it feels like to engage your core. You just kind of like suck your belly button back in towards your spine. Um, or another thing I say is pretend like you have to pee really badly and then suck in your pretend pee. <laughs> I just did it right now. I just sucked it back in. So <laughs> yeah, good way to engage that core. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, now that we have the, we've talked about the basic push up and the um, tricep push up. It sounds like you have lots of variations to recommend yeah. to keep it fresh and so, interesting. Yeah, push ups are fun. I guess no. <laughs> no push ups are really hard. Like they're really hard, and it's hard to maintain proper form, and they're exhausting. They are so exhausting. I would rather do dumbbell work all day long than do a plank and a push-up. I hate it. Like, I legitimately hate it. But, like... But you probably still but, make yourself do it, Yeah, I, I hate them, but I love them all at the same time. I hate them because they're hard, but I love them because I know they are so effective. And I love them also because they're a great barometer for measuring your strength. Mm. So say you can start with maybe three sets of ten reps, and then you, like, build your way up. 
Another great thing about push-ups is you can do them anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people have been doing push-ups since the dawn of time, since even before gyms existed. And, you know, for the most part, they really engage your core in a different way than sit-ups. And another thing, too, is, you know, I always talk about when you're training your body, work the big muscle groups like work the like get as much bang for your buck and more efficiency for your buck and push-ups just work so many muscle groups including the chest and the chest is one of the biggest muscle groups in your upper body so when you do push-ups you are kind of burning more as a whole than if you were to just do bicep curls not that there's anything wrong with bicep curls I do bicep curls but um it's just overall I would say I would call it like a powerhouse of a move yeah yeah. Um, what are some versions of it we can do? Okay, well, oh my gosh, where to even begin? Well, you can do push-ups with any modality of equipment. You can use medicine balls, you can use dumbbells, um, you can do things that kind of neutralize your grip that you may have seen in gyms. You can do staggered push-ups where one arm is doing a tricep push-up and one arm is doing a regular push-up. You can also do push-ups where one hand's on a med ball and one hand's on the ground. You can do push-ups when one hand's on a yoga block and the other hand's on a ground on the ground. Um, you can do push-ups where you lift one leg behind you and it scorpions behind your body as you do a push-up. They're literally you can do a push- scorpion foot. Yeah, and then we can do plyo push-ups in which you uh, do a push-up and then maybe you clap in between it. You can also do a push-up where maybe you jump your legs out into a plank as you're doing your push-up and your legs jump back and you can do a push-up where your arms start in and then you jump your legs and your feet out as you do a push-up and then bring everything in. The options and possibilities are absolutely endless. Um, And a a reason why I do like push-ups, it's funny, I prefer, even if they're harder, I prefer the push-up variations over the regular push-ups. Oh, interesting. Why yeah. do you think it is? I think they're more creative and they're more fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like, that's why I really like burpees in day-to-day life. You're because such an insane person. I know, isn't it? But, but the thing with the burpee is the burpee, it breaks up the push-up. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather do 10 burpee push-ups than 10 push-ups. It's so weird. I guess it's a mental thing for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. But the mental thing is real. So if doing a variation helps you get through a block about doing push-ups, mm-hmm. um, more power to you. You should do that. You can um, do them with your feet on a stability ball. You can do them. Um, you can do push-ups where you're standing and you're doing push-ups on a wall. You can do push-ups on a chair. These are modified versions of them. You can do them where they are decline push-ups, where your, your feet are up on a bench and you are down on the ground and that's a hard version too you can use the bosu ball bosu balls are really fun those are like the half it's like exercise the half ball that you can either flip to the side or you can do it with your hands on the blue side of the ball you can do spider-man push-ups diamond push-ups is when you put your hands together in, a, in the shape of a diamond and spider push-ups are when you do a push-up but you bring your knee to your elbow so it's like so i get more excited talking about push-up variations because in my mind, they are more creative and more, even though they're more complex and they're, they are, from a technical standpoint, more challenging, they stimulate my brain a little bit more. Totally. And I think that's <laughs> important. Like, we've talked so much about how, like, boredom kills a workout. Oh, and you're yeah. not going to work out if you find it boring and not stimulating. So throw some of these variations in there, even if it makes it more difficult, um, you know, if it keeps you going and uh, keeps you engaged, then I think that's great. A lot of the variations you mentioned seems like they would really um, work on the, like, core and stability elements, especially the ones where you're, like, on a ball or you're, like, holding dumbbells and stuff. 
So I can see why that would be a, a bump up in intensity. Yeah, yeah. It gives your brain more to think about too. I cool. think. Um, well, I'm gonna do a little uh, takeaway here. Cool. So push-ups, very hard. Daphne admits they're hard. <laughs> um, and the reason that they're hard is that they use like a bajillion different muscle groups in our bodies, everything from our chest to our cores to our legs and everything in between. Um, and they're important to do both because they're a good bang for your buck in terms of efficiency, but also because they're a functional exercise. They help us do the things we need to do in day-to-day life, like getting up from the ground. Um, so for our form, for a traditional push-up, um, we're going to want uh, to hold our bodies in a plank from our heels to our sh- shoulders. shoulders. Yeah. Um, so uh, we don't want our hips riding up or being too low. We want to pull in our um, core, like so that our belly button and spine are pulling towards each other. Our hands are going to be slightly wider than shoulder width so that when we bend them to go down, we're hitting a 90 degree angle and our chest is going all, basically all the way to the floor. Almost all Almost the way. Almost all the way. Yeah, depending on the type of push-up. And then when we push up from there, we're going to push all the way up till we lock out our elbows to get the full range of motion. Um, and if we're doing a tricep push-up, similar thing, except we move our hands in and our elbows kiss our rib cage mm-hmm. uh, instead of going out to 90 degrees. Um, there are a million different variations, which I'm not going to repeat now, mm-hmm. but a lot of them make the stability more complicated, make the coordination more complicated. Um, there are also modifications, so you can do it uh, from your knees, which is what I usually do. You can do it uh, on a wall or a chair. Um, so there are ways to make it both eat more and less intense, depending on what you need on a given day. I'll try to include um, some form videos of some of these variations in case people are curious about freshening up the push-up part of their workout. Um, how many days a week am I doing push-ups, Daphne? Uh, I would never do them in co- like consecutively, so you can do them as soon as you feel recovered from having done them before. So like, so never. I would alternate. <laughs> so never, I would alternate days. Yeah. So every other day at the most, but I'm probably gonna throw this in with my strength routines. Yeah. So which can be two to three to four times a week, depending on your uh, your need for recovery time. Cool. Uh, thanks, Daphne. Now, even though I still resent you for telling me to do push-ups. I feel like I have a little bit of more understanding of why you're doing this to me. So thanks, Daphne. This is a feature we call This Is Crazy, right? Where I find something, usually from the internet, having to do with diet or exercise, and I asked Daphne whether or not it's crazy. And this one actually came to me from one of our listeners. Uh, who said they uh, wanted to hear a, a, a discussion of this thing uh, on live on the air, which is what you are about to hear. Um, so th- I asked this listener how they discovered this thing, and he said he gets an email with, like, trending, like, I don't know if it's Google Trends or whatever, but, like, trending things, and that this company appeared. So the company is called Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. So I had never heard of this company. Um, They, according to their website, make various um, food, coffees, elixirs, hot cocos, and blends um, using particular mushrooms. Um, And uh, they claim that these mushrooms have good benefits. 
like uh, like mental benefits, like focus and stuff. Um, and then uh, I assume uh, physical health benefits t- too. Um, so I was like, oh, this is weird. I'll see if Daphne's ever heard of this and we can talk about it uh, on the show. And then the next day, I got my makeup order from Sephora, and one of the samples was a hot cocoa mushroom mix from this company. And I was like, whoa. That's so funny. So I still have not tried it, because it just got there yesterday. But um, the website says, explore the everyday magic, trademark, of mushrooms. So... Are mushrooms magical? <laughs> so you know what's kind of crazy is the fact that this is actually not that crazy. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually pretty familiar with the company Four Sigmatic, um, and I've been hearing of mushroom coffee for a long time now. I is it mushrooms instead of coffee or mushrooms mixed into coffee? It depends. Okay. Um, yeah, it depends on the actual packet. Some of them, specifically with Four Sigmatic, I think some of them are a blend of coffee and mushrooms, and then some are just full-on coffee or sorry full on mushrooms mushrooms. Um, I do imagine though that to get the coffee flavor if we get like really specific into the ingredients I do imagine that some coffee has to be put in there yeah Um, but so here's the dealio with mushroom coffee and my thoughts on it and and I know this is a takeaway so I'll kind of like keep this pretty short but um, how I heard of it so, uh, a while back, I would say maybe a couple years ago, I started hearing about this pretty much on every single podcast I was listening to. Yeah, it's a big Tim Ferriss thing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, Tim Ferriss, Dave Asprey, um, Sean Stevenson, just all my, essentially, like, my podcasting greats who I love, um, who essentially are all about trying new things. Anything to enhance the quality of your life and anything to to make you feel better anything to help make your brain function better and anything to help you feel more alert and energized throughout the day and so the things like that I'm all about and even if it's a trend it's a trend it's funny it's like I hate diet trends obviously but when I guess for me this is like oh well it's something to be adding in mm-hmm. or it's something to try and if it works it works so um, mushroom coffee, what is it? Well, the reason why people are creating mushroom coffee is because um, mush- mushrooms are considered adaptogens. And so an adaptogen is a type of herb or plant that works to counteract, counteract the effects of stress in the body. So adaptogens work at kind of like a very molecular level by regulating um, your glands like your pituitary gland and your adrenal glands and they're involved with your body's stress response and they kind of um assist your body's stress response so like the alarm phase the resistance phase the exhaustion phase um and so in life we encounter so many stressors and this just really protects our body and helps them handle it. So one of the adaptogenic herbs that I was taking for a long time, it's called ashwagandha. Mm -hmm. And ashwagandha is an adaptogenic herb that has been proven to really help with thyroid support. And I took that for about seven months or so. And I did notice a really big difference. Um, And I completely, I had messed up all my hormones about a year ago and was able to, to essentially heal myself, um, 
you know, with a lot of things, but I know the ashwagandha helped a lot. So mushroom coffee, mushroom coffee. Is it a hype? Is it a trend? Like what is this bizarre combination? Like, does it taste like coffee? Does it taste like mushrooms? What's the deal? So mushrooms have been known for a really long time to be medicinal. They've and it's certain been... kinds of mushrooms. Don't just like, oh, yeah, go please. to the store and blend up some random mushrooms yeah. or like pick them in the park. Yeah. Please it's not don't. a good idea. Yeah. Some mushrooms are very poisonous. Yeah. To please be careful with that. <laughs> so there's a lot of science supporting that. There are a lot of health benefits with medicinal mushrooms. They're called cordyceps and ranging from improving and building brain cells and um, fighting neurodegenerative issues and also helping with immune system with your immune system, with your stress response. And so for a lot of people, what they've been doing is to take their coffee to another level. They've been, I feel like a big trend right now is hacking your coffee. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because everyone, not everyone, lots of people, a lot have of people it love coffee. A lot of people have it every day. <clears throat> and, um, and so if it's something that you are going to be getting in every day, I guess why not add something to it that is, easy for you to mix in and Mm -hmm. then easy for you to ingest this being said i know trends i know things get really popular marketing is amazing um whether or not this is going to completely change everyone's lives it's like we don't really know yet the research like i think i think we still need a little bit of research but so mushroom coffee you might be imagining right now like a cup of hot coffee with like mushrooms floating in it (laughs) that's not what it is at all um, <laughs> which would be so gross, but it's regular coffee infused with medicinal mushroom extracts. So for Sigmatic, from what I've heard, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. You don't taste the mushrooms at all. Sometimes they're sweetened with a little bit of stevia. Um, a lot of companies are making this like powdery combination and you just add hot water and then it creates this mix. And, um, and the biggest difference is that when you drink regular coffee, you don't really get all the kind of antioxidants and you don't get the benefits of essentially drinking mushroom coffee. So uh, there are a lot of claims, uh, like they are loaded with antioxidants. They are antioxidants, meaning they decrease oxidative stress. They reduce stress in your body. Um, the names of the mushrooms are reishi, turkey tail, lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps. And um, they are less acidic they are they aid digestion they boost liver health they kind of help your coffee prevent you from getting the jitters and uh there is some like history to it too like this is kind of what people were drinking for a really long time apparently it started in finland and like the early 1900s and um if there are and of course there with anything there may be risk it's like they say, if you have a known autoimmune disease, for some reason you shouldn't be drinking mushroom coffee. So in my opinion, I have never actually tried mushroom coffee. Do I think it's crazy? Not necessarily. Do I feel like I need it in my life right now? Not necessarily. Do I think other people should try it? I say go for it. You know, like it can't really hurt. And you might actually notice, like I notice for me, it's like very tangible when I have bulletproof coffee, how much mm. better I feel. Um, and so for um, for this mushroom coffee situation, um, I would go so far as to say it's 
it's not crazy. It's different. It's weird. But I don't think it's crazy. And I think that even though I have never tried it before, I don't think there's anything wrong with just giving it a little taste. Yeah. What I did a little bit of reading. Um, and basically, it seems like... Um, like you said, mushrooms have been thought to have healing powers in a lot of cultures for a long time. Um, and there is some evidence that these particular mushrooms might have um, beneficial effects. But a lot of the research is either in um, animal studies or in test tubes. There hasn't been a lot of human study, yeah. which doesn't mean it, there isn't a benefit, but it means there's not a proven benefit. Um that's the thing with all of these things. They haven't been around long enough. We need yeah, or they're this. not... They can sell them without doing the research, so why do the research? Because research is expensive. Right, right. Um, so... It's like we need, like, five years of just, like, studying... Everything. ...the same group of people. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, one thing I would watch out for is um, one of the things... One of the claims that is being made, not necessarily by this company, but about these mushrooms in general, is that it can um, have a, a helpful effect on cancers... Any food product that tells you that it is going to help cure your cancer, I'd be really concerned about. Um, the article that I read specifically said that if you are undergoing chemo, you should specifically not consume these mushrooms because there isn't research about how they interact with your chemo. Um, so definitely, if you are a cancer patient, talk to your doctor before you take any herbs or supplements. Um, in general, be very skeptical of anything that tells you that a mushroom is going to cure your cancer. Um, just or same with CBD like we talked about like be very cautious about that um, that being said there are um, examples um, uh, there was a paper in the Journal of Clinical Oncology where doctors observed that the tumors in three liver cancer patients who happened to be consuming this particular mushroom the um, tumors shrank so that's like enough to be interested but not enough to prove anything um, this article also said that um, the mushroom stuff can taste really bitter, which is why they think that the um, hot cocoa version of it is popular because yeah. it like masks the, the bitter taste of the mushrooms. So sounds like um, it's not going to hurt you. We, you know, unless you're if if you're on chemo or have autoimmune stuff, talk to your doctor first. Mm -hmm. But in general, if you're a healthy person, not going to hurt you. Feel free to experiment on yourself if you want. Um, but, like, are we going to tell you to rush out and buy some? No. I may try it and guinea pig myself, and then we can do a follow-up, and I can let people know well, I'm how gonna, I felt. I have this um, sample size of the hot chocolate now, <laughs> so now I'm going to try it. Yeah. I thought about bringing it in today, and I didn't get it together. But <laughs> we could have tried it together on the air. But uh, if either of us tries it, we will get back to you and let you know what we think. Uh, so, Mike, thanks for asking the question. Uh, we're... If you have questions about stuff that you see in your email or on the internet and you want us to talk about on the show, let us know. We would love to talk about it. Um, enjoy the magic TM of mushrooms, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. 
Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.